0: Hey, hey, hey. What's going on? Welcome to another edition of No Plays All Sports Talk. I'm your girl, Miss Ballin D. Happy Hump Day Wednesday. We got another exciting show lined up for you. I cannot wait. got a very special guest. Uh, some of you may have seen him on the big screen with LSU. Some of you have seen him possibly with uh, Washington University. Some of you may have seen him cruising. The city streets of Las Vegas. We have a very special guest, the uh, football coach of Florida International University, is going to be joining us. My co-host, Mr. Kev Ray, uh, he is supposed to be hanging out with me somewhere, but you know, Kev, who knows what he has going on on this hump day Wednesday. Hope you all are feeling well. Hope you all are still practicing, of course, social distancing, washing your hands. We are still. In the middle of, yes, a pandemic, the coronavirus is still active out there. Our numbers are continuing to rise here in Las Vegas. Uh, Crazy, crazy. Our our president stopped by earlier this week, had a big rally here in Las Vegas against the government mandate and some say that may cause our cases uh, to rise, so we'll see how that happens. But control what you can control. Make sure you're washing your hands, wearing your mask, social distancing, and taking care of one another. It is Hump Day Wednesday, a lot to talk about in the world of sports. Of course, uh, our Las Vegas Aces, they are doing their thing. Exciting time for the WNBA here in Las Vegas. NFL season officially kicked off. Yes, the Las Vegas Raiders. Hold on, let me say that again. The Las Vegas Raiders are officially in action here in Las Vegas. Being a Las Vegas native, that just, I don't know if it's resonating with me yet, but let me say it again. The Las Vegas Raiders, they are officially here in town. And some great news, they got their first win. We'll talk about that coming up as well. Our Vegas Golden Knights, not so much excitement for them. Of course, uh, they were kicked out of the Stanley Cup playoffs earlier this week. We'll have to talk about that. Sad, sad news. For our Las Vegas Golden Knights. But of course, a lot to talk about in the world of sports. Before we get started, OMG, some drama that's happening. Oh, my girl, Cardi B, she has officially filed for divorce from her booting. Uh, Mr. Offset, of course, they have been together for three years and uh, they have said they're calling it quits. Cardi says she just cannot handle. Any more cheating from Offset, so she is wrapping that on up. So we'll see about that. The drama with Ray J and his wife, Miss Princess Love. She filed for divorce from him a couple months ago. No, they got together and said, "No, we're gonna work it out." Now he has filed for divorce from her. What in the world is going on with that? Uh, Brianna Taylor, of course. Her all her killers have still not been arrested. Uh, but a huge announcement came this week in regards from uh, what's going on in the city of Louisville we'll talk about that as well but in the meantime i want to bring on my guest this afternoon add him to the stream there you go hey how are you sunshine None other than Coach DJ McCarthy. Of course, he is the wide receivers coach from Florida International University. Good afternoon, Coach DJ McCarthy.
1: How you doing? Can you hear me? Can you hear me?
0: You are. I'm with it. You are practicing the safest broadcast possible. You got your mask on. I'm not mad. It's just you in the office. But why do you have on that mask?
1: Well, you started talking about, you know, the things going up. And I want to make sure I was practicing my social distances. Got my sanitation rub here. Got my mask on. Want to make sure you guys know I'm I'm doing things the right way around here. Okay. look, <laughs> You are
0: being responsible, but take that mask off. Thank- <laughs> yes,
2: ma'am. Yes, ma'am.
0: <laughs> so, of course, before we get into the interview, how are you doing? Of course, you are living down in Florida right now, correct?
1: I am. I'm back here in South Florida. I actually grew up in South Florida, the Boca Raton, Delray Beach area. I'm down here in Miami now where I'm coaching at Florida International, FIU University down here, uh, just west of the airport, 10 miles from downtown Miami, 15 from South Beach. Let's get ready to rock and roll.
0: South Beach. Now, how are you staying safe? South Beach at one time, you guys' cases were on the rise as well. What is the state of the coronavirus right now in South Beach and in Florida?
1: Well, we was on a rise because all these people were visiting and thinking that because of the... Cause our president was telling us with the heat you don't get it, so they were down here for they were down here for spring break. They were down here for Memorial Day. They came down during the summer thinking that the heat will chase it away, but that's not true. So uh, yeah, I stay off of South Beach. I'm I'm west of all that. Um, I come in my office. I'm in my office 18 hours a day. Uh, our players a practice, social distances. We we test them three times a week. Things are going well. So for us here at FIU, our things are going down. Um, we, we, we got a, our own little bubble going on here at FIU. So our first game is in a is in a week and a half, ten days. We're playing uh Virginia up in Virginia against Liberty.
0: Nice. So I got to let people in on our little secret. You and I, oh, you we have something them? in common. We got a little connection. Them? You, you want to tell our secret or should we keep it on the low, low?
1: Ah, maybe we'll tell them a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs>
0: tell a little bit later. Right, I, I won't spoil it for now. But of course, talking about you, your team being in a bubble, how have you all been preparing your players uh, to stay prepared, to stay focused and stay in shape during the coronavirus pandemic right now?
1: Well, so what we have done, what we did, we started way back in in, in, in March, April, and May. Uh, we didn't bring the kids back on campus until June. Uh, as soon as they came on campus, unlike some of the other schools that are out there that kind of did the herd thing, bring them all in, don't test them, get them all to get it, and then have them tested and then have them get rid of it after two weeks, which, you know, if I, I got a son who's college age, if I found out a school was doing that with my kid, I would have a problem with that. So what we did, we brought them all in. We brought them in like, uh you know, 10, 15, 20 at a time, tested them. And then we quarantined them. And then they had to spend uh, uh three or four days till they got their test results back. Once they got their test results back, if they were negative, they would go to the dorms. If they were positive, they would stay in quarantine. Then we bring the next group in. So we did we did that. It took us about uh, three or four days to get the whole team in. Uh and then they all went through the same thing. We we brought them in, they put them in, put them in an apartment. They had their own apartment, they had their own uh own apartment, own kitchen, own uh, bathroom, so they, they weren't uh, and infecting each other if they happened to be positive. Once they were negative, they would move to the dorm. <laughs> After that, we tested them two or three times uh, through the summer uh, to make sure that we, we didn't have any uh, we didn't have any outbreaks. And then you know, so we've been really good with our bubble. Uh, we practice together, we work out, we worked out in a small groups of ten. Then it grew up to twenty. And now we're, in, we're we're practicing, we're tackling and all that, but. All the kids are, have been in the bubble, all the kids are testing negative. Like I said, we're testing them three times a week. We're getting ready for our season to kick off, like I said, on the 26.
0: So what type of testing are you guys doing? Because, of course, it was the big announcement from the Big Ten earlier today that they, after they said, you know, no, we're not going to uh, have our season. We're going to postpone all fall sports. They came forward this afternoon or, shall I say, earlier this morning and said, no, we are actually going to play. We're going to do some daily rapid testing. Now, there's been some controversy in between to in regards to what type of test they're going to do. What type of testing are you guys doing for your players?
1: So what we're doing, we get that big old long Q-tip and we stick that thing up there and tickle your brain. So I mean, it's the worst. It's the worst thing ever. I hate it. They know every time I walk up there, it's going to be some drama because I'm going to holler and scream and kick my leg up because they stick that thing way up there and hold it in there for 15 seconds. And then they pull it out and they put it in the other nostril for 15 more seconds. It's the worst 30 seconds. Other than get my LASIK surgery, it's the worst thing I've ever been a part of. It. it, it and then you got, and you got to do it two or three times. Then you got to test for the antibiotic. It's just, it's just so much. But you know, this is what we got to sacrifice. This is what we got to do in order to, uh, to get our kids on the field. Um, you know, to get out, get on the field to play. And then, you know, we got to make that sacrifice to make it happen.
0: So what has been the morale in regards to the feedback that you've been getting from the players and other coaching staff? What has been the morale in regards to the players wanting to come back and play? Do they feel safe? Do they feel like uh, they are taking the, the proper protocols to protect them? What is the morale in regards to the locker room? How are the players feeling right now?
1: You know, that's a great point, because in the beginning, there's a lot of uncertainty, um, a lot of uncertainty, because we, we don't know about the virus. We don't know what the uh, after effects are going to be. If you get it, we don't know. You know within the large heart that they're talking about that's out there. I mean, that's why the big 10 pac 12 stayed away from it because when you get it, it enlarges your heart and your respiratory system, so you, they don't know what the long term effects are. So, our kids were kind of, um, and the parents, rightfully so. So, when we told them what we were going to do and how we was going to set it up, they kind of put them at ease and, and they've seen the effect. And, and Nick said, I think Nick Saban hit it right on the head like, those the kids are getting it at home and then bringing it to campus. So, for us to bring them here put them in a bubble, you know, we're feeding them, we're, 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 we're making sure they're taking their classes, they're in a bubble, we're protecting them um, the best that we can. You know, it's really up to the kids. You're talking about 18 to 22-year-old men, alpha men, and they got to be locked up, they got to stay in the dorms, they got to can't be out in South Beach and downtown Miami and Brickell stuff, and they got to make that, that's a big sacrifice that they have to do as college students in order for us to have a successful season.
0: So speaking about that responsibility, are, is there any punishment that's being held for the players to, to hold them accountable if they happen to, to be reckless and, and go to South Beach or go to a, a coronavirus party of sort, some sorts? What, what type of discipline are you guys having on the players to hold them responsible?
1: Well, this, this is the thing. Like, our, our leadership here is unbelievable, coming from our president to our AD to our head coach. And then what we've done, we put the onus on the players. So when our kids return back to campus, just like everywhere else, there were parties, there was this and that, and then we put the onus on our players and the leadership of our team. Great teams are led by their players. Good teams are led by coaches. So we put it out there. We put the challenge out there to them. We we, we told them, hey, if you guys want to continue to have your scholarships, you want to continue to get your education paid for, do the right things and, and be the leader, not just the leadership for our team, but the leadership for the rest of the kids who are coming back on campus. I mean, we got to we gotta have a social distance. We got to wear our masks. I mean, we're walking around campus. this 90 degrees out there you got a mask on it's hard to breathe and i got a coach with a mask on the kids have their their, um their shields and stuff but it's tough and it really is but in order for us to get what we want you know you got to sacrifice so that you can have the things that you want to have and that's and play in the season and get a chance to uh, live your dream of being a college athlete
0: so speaking about living your dream you certainly you you know what it takes of course uh, you were a wide receiver for washington Uh, throwing it back in the day, of course, 1991, you won a championship with uh, the University of Washington, as well as you also won a championship as a coach with the LSU Tigers. What was that? Look at you, you're showing out, you're showing out. So what, what is
2: that?
0: I'm not mad at you. What is that experience like? Of course, of course, you've been on both sides of it. You've been a player and, and a coach and you have won a championship on both sides. What is the difference in the two and what feeling do you get and how do you prepare for both sides?
1: There's a big difference because as a 19, 20 year old kid, you don't realize how um, how impactful that's going to be for the rest of your life. And, you know, you think about it, there's only one champion at the end of eight, at the end of each year. Um, in 1991 we won it at the University of Washington We actually split it with the University of Miami so I grew up a Miami fan so I won on both sides I was hoping we got a chance to play to, uh, to figure out who the real champs were but as a player you just go you're going through the motions you're trying to survive every day you're going to class you're going to practice you know you know you have big name guys on your team like Napoleon Kaufman Lincoln Kennedy those guys but uh, you really don't understand what what the significance is I mean I I grew up in South Florida. I went to school way up in Seattle, Washington. We played in the Rose Bowl, um, which was three, three hours over there from Vegas. Um, uh, but you don't understand, really understand the impact of what it is and how it's gonna affect you for the rest of your life. Because for the rest of my life, I can say that I'm a champion. I was a part of the championship team. I was, I, you know, I learned from the great Don James. I had some great teammates that I still talk to this day. We we reminisce about our times as players. And controversial as, uh, as a coach, now you know i i did it as a player so now i i wanted my kids that i coach my receivers that i coach the returners that i coach the other guys that were on the team that i recruited i wanted them to understand and 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 be able to um feel the joy that i felt as a player and the joy was even even greater as a coach because i understood the impact that it really was and you know yeah people talking about they won championships they've done that and they still felt empty that wasn't the case with me i was i mean I, I mean, they threw the ball up. I went up to field, caught the ball. My kids, my wife was up. We got a chance to celebrate together. Uh, my family, her family was there. I mean, we we had – and I was able to really appreciate it and, and wear the rings and, and uh, you know, the head coach, hey, we got to go on to the next season. I said, hey, bro, I wanted to to play. There may not be a next season. There may not be another championship. So I really was able to saliv- salivate it and, and spend time with it and absorb it and be a part of it. And I – I just enjoyed it and enjoyed the journey. I actually had a journal. I brought the head coach a journal so he could write about it. I think he actually wrote a book and stuff. Uh, where I was with Les Miles at the time. So, uh, you know, it, it's just it was just totally different as a coach than it was as a player.
0: So let's talk about LSU. Of course, uh, you were part of the coaching staff when LSU won uh, the championship. Do you think the culture of LSU football is the same? Do you think it's improvement, improving from, of course, when you were there versus today? Of course, we know circumstances are different. Different, But what do you think the culture right now of LSU football is?
1: Oh, man, it's, right now it's at, his, it's at the utmost high. The, everyone talks about it all the time. Nick Saban says that the worst thing he ever did in his profession was leave LSU. He went to the Dolphins and chase the money. Now he's at Alabama and you know, won six championships, been in eight or nine of them. But um, the culture there is unbelievable. It's, it's, per capita, they have more people in the NFL in the state of Louisiana than any other state. Now, of course, you got the Californians, Texas, and Florida that have the most. But per capita, there's no one other than now that Nick's at Alabama. There's no other state that has. And then there's only one big-time school, power five school in the state. And they got a fence around it. And they got the right guys The head coach. He's one of them. So he relates to them they know him uh he grew up there he, you know he's a part of their culture he understands the people and um you know it's just, it's you know and they live and die for it I, I mean when I was there um I I recruited the, the northwest part of uh, Louisiana into the east Texas and state and of course I had Florida California nationally but I had a guy that would come down to every game out of that Shreveport area and he had he actually had a son that played at one of the smaller schools and I was like oh man you're going to miss the game this week he was like huh I'm not missing it. I said, your son's playing. He said, he ain't good enough to be at LSU, but I'm not missing my Tigers. It's, I mean, it's just a different, different culture down there. They, I mean, they love their Tigers. There's no better. Like, I've been at all the big stadiums in college football, and there's no better place than Saturday night at Tiger Stadium than to watch a game, and they do it right. They, they spend all day getting ready for it, and, and you hear it that night, and the chills stand up on your back of your neck and your hairs and stuff. It's just, it, it's just an unbelievable place.
0: Crazy. I believe I got my co-host. He is finally uh tapped in and, and found a way to connect with us. Mr. Calvary, are you there, sir?
2: I am here, and I'm so sorry, Coach. Uh, I hate to add, you know, stalls like that. Something went wrong. You know, all the time, this modern technology stuff don't work all the
1: time. You know? I, I understand. I understand. At least you're not like Nate Burleson. Nate Bros on NFL Network, one of the kids at Nevada, he fell asleep. He was supposed to be on TV. <laughs> His wife had to go wake him up, so at least you had technical <laughs> difficulty. I got you.
2: <laughs> Coach, I, I'm going to sleep right now, Coach. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Coach, yeah, we're going to have to write a you up, brother. You. I got a question for you, Coach. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. Some, some rumors going around uh, the college, you know, the college rooms uh, uh, that uh, Neon Dion is going to be coaching in Jackson State. Is that something you know about?
1: Well, so um, he's going to be coaching somewhere in college football. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's done a great job at his, his institution down there. At, uh, in Texas, I got a chance to go visit him. I was a big fan of his. He actually – so I grew up in the city of Delray Beach. We had a guy named Bobby Butler, and Bobby Butler recruited Dion to Florida State. Dion wanted to be the next Bobby Butler. Then they played together at Atlanta, and then when he was at the 49ers, he played with some of my teammates from Washington. And they want they came down to play in the Super Bowl down in Miami, so we got a chance to host him. But his knowledge of the game, his motivation of players and uh, people – He's gonna get a he's gonna get a job somewhere now. I, I feel bad because the head coach at Jackson State, one of my boys, John Hendricks, they just let him go. So there's a reason why they let him go. I don't know if if Dion is taking the job has been offered the job, but I do have a feeling that Dion's gonna be coaching at the college level sometime, really, really, really soon.
2: Yeah, I, I got a hot tip, and he was like, Kev, yeah. yeah. he's like, "Cam, yeah, it's gonna happen," and in, in which I think. Uh, uh, Deion would be a great coach because he's a great mentor. And to yes. start with, to start with coaching, you have to understand how to mentor. Um, There's and no that's doubt. Why, that's why I love you, coach, because the mentoring you do for for not only our our young men but for yes. the whole football uh, uh, community is something that we all need, uh, especially with our kids, man.
1: Absolutely, and that's where it all starts. So for me, like being a coach is not who I am; it's what I do. And it's not just my job, it's my ministry. Like, I, I mean, I, I I love the kids I have, the relationship that I've, I have with my kids I coach and recruit. And, I, you know, I won a national championship at LSU. I got these many guys in the NFL. But my, my biggest thing, is, there's been over 250 kids that I recruited, coach, that have gotten their college degrees and have gotten better because of the interaction that we have. God put me in a position to help these kids out. Either I recruited or coach them, and they've gotten their degrees and they're putting themselves in a better, a better position um, as men, and my model is I'm gonna build a man. If I
2: build a better man, he'll be a better player. That's true. That Absolutely. is true. I've been coaching for years, uh, on and off here and there, doing this. But the main thing I think is to to get to the kid, the kid, get to him, yes. and, and and like you said, because because in everybody that plays sports at one time it comes to an end. But are you ready yeah. for life after sports?
1: Absolutely.
2: And, and making a man is what it's all about, coach.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So it's
0: funny that you say you talk about recruiting. Of course, as we know, you are a you are the uh, wide receivers coach for Florida International University. Of course, you spent some time up at UNR. Uh, you've had your hands on Mr. Brandon Marshall. You've had a I huge did. impact on him. Uh, what is it like recruiting for the kids who who want to get to that level? You know, who want to score that that college. Uh, scholarship who want to get that NFL chance. What would you say right now? Because, of course, recruiting has changed. There's no such thing oh. as coaches being able to get out to actually see these kids. They have to actually shop and sell themselves to coaches now. What advice can you give to students who want to sell themselves to coaches like yourself?
1: So, the number one thing is make sure you have your computer and you got your Zoom because that's the only way we can recruit. The NCAA just passed the dead period. It's going to go all the way to January 1st. So, there's no off-campus recruiting. The kids can't come on campus so we can see them spend time. We missed the whole summer camp. So we to be able to evaluate the kids, we missed spring recruiting back in uh, April and May. So this is going to be a unique thing. So now us as coaches and recruiters, because every coach, we have 10 assistant coaches and we all have a recruiting area that we're responsible for, not just our position, but an area. So all 10 of us coaches have a part of Florida. Then we go nationally and go, uh, go different areas. So, The important part is the relationships that I have as a coach with that kid's high school coach or that kid's mentor or that recruiting service that I know. Um, And that's, it's going to be, it's going to be huge. It's going to be a big trust factor on, Hey, we didn't get a chance to see this kid at senior film. We're going to have to go back to junior and sophomore film uh, to evaluate the kids. And then what the other thing that has to happen, these kids have to go out with their video, their mom and dad is going to be videoing, going through different thrills and going to a camp that might be going on or combine and get video and get it back to us. And then we have to do a great job of evaluating and making sure we're getting the right kids. And then it's really tough because usually you can bring them on campus. You got 48 hours with them to do some recruiting, spend time, meet their family, see how their family structure is. And, you know, I'm big on this. Like I look at uh, how a kid treats his family, his mother, his dad, his, his, his mentor, whatever it is. If they talk in any kind of way to their mom or dad and being disrespectful, it's hard for me to respect that kid. It's hard for me to want to be and work with that kid because he's showing you his character right there. Here's a person that might have drove four, four or five hours to get you to where you're at or, or had to had to do whatever they had to do to make sure you had cleats so you can play pop water ball or, or you know, pay for insurance so you can play high school or, or you know, get on a plane with you, take time off of work, get on a plane with you to come down to visit and you treat him in any kind of way? Well, how are you going to treat me? How are you going to treat our head coach? How are you going to treat our program? So... We're missing out on a lot of that evaluation character-wise for kids. So we're going to have to learn, out, we're going to have to lean on the relationships that we have with coaches, recruiting services, um, mentors and mentees um, that are in the area that we recruit. So, and that's, that's the thing. Like when I recruit, I don't just go to the high school. I want to know about the pastor. I want to know about the corner store, where the person works, the employee. I'm, I'm going to know the person in the, in the hood who's on this who's on the stump when I drive by the corner store. I'm gonna know everything about that person, and I'm gonna I'm gonna dig deep because here I am. I'm making good money. My, I got three sons and a wife, and we're depending on this 18 year old kid to come on our campus and do the right thing, not get in trouble. So you know, I gotta make sure he, he's the right type of character, kid that can fit into the program.
0: Yeah. It's funny that you you, you mentioned uh, your sons. Of course, a lot of times uh, kids, they get caught up in the hype. You know, I yeah. want to go to this big-name school. I want to go yeah. to that big-name school. How important is it for that recruit to pick a school that's designated, that sits well for them? Yes, you may think you want to play in the big conference, but your game really isn't designed for that. You can go to that school. They can sign you, but you're not going to play. How, how important is it for players – to uh, uh, commit to schools that are designed for them and their position and how much success they want to uh, achieve.
1: Absolutely. That's so true. You got to know who you are. You know, there's one thing like I gave up scholarships. I want to go to the University of Washington. I want to play in the Pac 12. At that time, the Pac 10. I want to get a chance playing the Rose Bowl. I want to wear those purple pants that they had. Uh, you know, I went up there. So I went for different reasons. Um, you got to know who you are. And I was cut different. I gave up scholarships, to go walk on to earn a scholarship because I knew who I was deep down inside. They couldn't measure. I, you know, I'm a five seven guy, five eight, but they couldn't measure my heart. And I knew I was going to beat some guys up and take someone's scholarship. But that was just me. But you got to know who you are. You want to take on that challenge, take on that challenge. If, you, if you're not ready to take on that challenge, because I, I was fortunate. I, I was really, really fortunate. I had a, a, a diminutive head coach that believed in me. He played at University of Miami. He liked my attitude. He liked what I brought to the table. Um, and then we had some injuries and it helped out. So it worked out for me. It doesn't work out for everyone that way. Um, But you got to know who you are, know what level you are, be honest with, which, with where you are. I mean, are you truly a power five guy? Are you, you know, or are you maybe a mid-major? Maybe you're a division two. And this this is the thing. There is a place for everybody. There's a scholarship, there's financial aid. There's a place for everyone to play if they want to continue to play. Some guys don't want to play. If they get burnt out, they're not going to be able to go to Georgia because on scholarships, so they're going to go to somewhere else and just go to school. And that's your choice. But if you want to play ball, there's an NAIA school. There's a junior college. There's a three school. There's a, a non-power five school that's out there for you that's just dying for your service will treat you well. And we talk about it all the time. Go where you want it, not where you just tolerate it. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Hey, Coach, um, the big story today in, in, in college football is that the Big Ten decided they're going to play football. Um, in this case, you all—do you all already have a schedule? Do you all are—are are you ready to play? Do they—they allowing you guys to play?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we we got a full schedule. We got like nine games right now. I'm looking at it up here on my wall. So, um, and we're gonna start uh, on, on September 26th. We play Liberty, and then after Liberty, we uh, we got one more non-conference game, and then we get into our conference, which is Conference USA over here. That's the conference we play in. Uh FIU. Um, so you know, the Big Ten's going into it. The Pac 12 is gonna be right behind them once they get clearance from the state of Oregon and, and uh Washington and California from the governors and stuff. I mean, the kids want to play, we want them to yeah. play. And I think the Pac 12 and the Big Ten and all those other conferences, th- like there's some medical re- repercussions now for this. If you get this, if you get this virus, so and we don't know what it is, and no one knows what it is. And, and you no, know, no matter what the guy up in the White House says. Like that, Fauci—he knows what he's talking about. And you know, we have had diseases before that you know you got you may get this and may deal with your rep- re- respiratory system, may deal
2: with your heart. I mean, so it, it's tough. It's, it's it's tough. Yeah. So you guys do have a schedule, and and you guys right now on are you on schedule to to start the schedule?
1: We're on schedule. Next Friday, a week from tomorrow, I'll be on a plane to Virginia to go play Liberty.
2: Okay. Speaking of Liberty. I don't know if you know, here in Las Vegas, there's a high school called Liberty. I, I can't, absolutely, I, I, with I, I can't
1: comment on that, but I used to recruit there when I was at uh, when I, was at <laughs> York, I used to recruit to come down to Vegas, come see my family, come hang out and uh, do my recruiting down there. Right.
0: It's All funny right. that you say that, uh, family. Kev, I, I want to <laughs> let the secret out the bag now that you joined us, Kev. Family, uh, out. me and DJ, of course, we are relatives. We are actually siblings. Surprisingly, no. uh, we share the same father. No. And yes, um, yes,
1: absolutely.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. So,
1: so, yep. yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I mean, it's exciting. Of course, when when I, my dad told me that he was actually up in UNR at the time, told me he was actually doing some recruiting up in UNR. We was trying to connect, trying to connect. And uh, of course, my dad fell ill. And we had the opportunity to actually meet in person. And yep. the amazing story, the relationship has taken off from there. So again, it's never too late to connect. Uh, we have some, I got a chance to meet his uh, his sons uh, last summer down in Florida. Uh, oh, my nephew you. also.
2: That's
0: yeah, that's my little nephew. nephew yeah, Curtis had a, a tournament down in Florida and uh, we had a chance to to connect with him. I had a chance to, to meet little Nate and his other sons and we got a chance to check out a, a football game. It was During exciting. So Yeah, so it, it was cool, man. So I'm glad that my brother's having some success and I'm glad to say that this is my flesh and blood. He's doing great things. So I'm so very glad that, you know, un- unfortunate circumstances brought us together but the relationship we have built since then is remarkable.
1: So no DC
2: Rider was all that; he was doing
1: his thing. He was, he was all, he was all that. Like so. He like, here's a quick story. So before he was DC Ryder, he was Donald McCarthy, which is I'm I'm one of I'm one of the four or five juniors that he has. We got about 18 seven Can't tell you that story. But uh, the story was like I grew up. My middle name is Groove. So just think about it. You know, you know, a six, seven year old kid day of school. Teacher calls out your whole name, Donald Groove McCarthy. All the kids laughing. So when I finally reconnected with my pop when I was about 18 years old, I was at Long Beach City College. I drove all night to come hang out with him in Vegas during like Memorial Day weekend. And we was talking, we was going through those four albums and stuff. And he said, well, tell me, ask any questions. I know you got questions. I said, I, I do have a bone to pick with you. I was like, why would you name me Groove? Like what, what's going on? Like, you know you know what it's like to be a kid, to have Groove? Like. And so then he broke down the story for me. Like he, he said, well, let me tell you, like I, I was an intern at a radio station um, it's kind of like the Steve Harvey story and all that type of, he was an intern or Les Brown and uh, they gave him one hour on Sunday to be on the radio. And, in that one hour, he, he, you know, he got on the airwaves in an FM radio station. He was, it was up in the Northeast. He was in the state of Providence, New York, um, state of Rhode Island, New York, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. So he had all four States. He was the first black disc jockey to be on the radio on FM radio up there in the Northeast and his name was his radio name was the groove master. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so now I have a different, different a different pride for myself but you know that's as a man we look for identity from our fathers and I was able to get my identity that night from my dad. Well so
2: that's that's a really good story man.
0: <laughs> so uh, real quick I want to talk about uh HBCUs. Of course you Just spent home. some time at uh Bethune-Cookman. You were Absolutely. a coach over there. So the culture is kind man, of changed. Man. FMU. That's right. Get me that's right. Cool. So am, yeah. the, the culture is changing right now. Of course, uh, everyone is trying to encourage uh, top athletes to skip the big name schools and to uh, partake their talents, take their talents to HBCUs. You as a coach who play, uh, was a coach at HBCU to HBCUs. What is your take on that? Do you encourage it or do you think, again, what school fits you? What's your take on skipping the big name schools to actually go to the HBCUs?
1: So this is my take on it. We all have this perception of what an HBCU is. And, you know, you hear the horror stories, you hear this. But I can tell you this, like, after spending three years at Bethune, two years at FAM, I have spent five years of my coaching career at the HBCU level. And and the pride and the um, uh, integrity and the the um, the love that you're gonna have after you go to those schools because of the alumni because of the way the teachers and professors teach you um, and 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 pour into your life you'll never ever be the same and I can tell you this I, yeah, fam you Florida State is a rock stone away and I mean every Friday they those guys were on our campus we, we was their biggest recruiting tool they. They bring kids in from all over. They're coming over to FAMU's campus for first Friday. Um, So uh, based on who you are, if you have the chance to, um, if you have the will to go away from all the fluff, which is hard to do for an 18-year-old kid, if you get a chance to go to an HBCU and be a part of an HBCU um, culture and lifestyle and the pride and the alumni base, I mean, it, I tell you what, there's nothing else like it. And, and, we, you know, we had kids that were at Power Fires that, you know, got in trouble, they weren't playing, whatever it was, and they would come back and they just they, – we embraced them and the alumni embraced them, walking them back home, so to speak. And they had a – they got their degrees. um, They're going to work and get their master's degrees. um, You know, we're going to – they do everything they can at HBCU to make sure that kid leaves there with a the degree, opportunity to get their master's degree. And then once you leave there, you have an unlimited connection – of alumni that are going to help you get a job, like 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 careful was saying, because football is going to end, basketball is going to end. You're going to have that that network of a 100,000 people that look like you, that work like you, that talk like you, that understand and put you in a position so you can be successful once athletics is over. Yeah,
2: yes, yeah, I think it's that's very important. Few, it's, it's very few that that make it to that next level. I mean, yes, you, you still one like percent here in Las Vegas. Uh, pretty much, if you are if you go to UNLV and and you be and you're good at you know uh, athletics and and your grades, you're gonna get a job somewhere in this town. Absolutely, once sports is over. So unless you unless you're moving on to the like you said the one percent that moved on to the next level, which is very hard.
1: But even, but even then, Kev, like where we miss the mark and where we where the our kids miss it all the time, like what. You got to use your status. We talk about it all the time. Your name, image, and likeness. Like, yeah, when you got to use it when it's on fire. You, you had a place like at UNLV, Vegas. Well, you got the whole strip. I mean, all those guys who are running those hotels and stuff—they're yeah. part of that culture there at UNLV. Yeah, they're they're yeah. hiring people from there. So while you're hot, that's the one thing. Those guys, uh, the Stacey Augman and all those guys—they they they really did a good job. They can always come back in Vegas and hang out. So when when yeah. when you're a young player, you you miss it. You don't understand it. That's when you have the most power. That's when you need to do your networking. Cause your net worth is all about your network. So when you when you're hot and you're the guy, that's when you need to go out and go to the, the Mandalay Bays and this and that, and go to those places. Understand that's when you need to bridge those gaps. So once playing is over, you're already set up for the next thing. You're already set up for the next yeah. part of your life.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about it. Of course, you spent some time uh, with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, You were part of their special teams uh, program, their special teams position. Spent some time here in Las Vegas. And now to know that Las Vegas has an official NFL football team, the Vegas Raiders. Not only that, we are winning. We won our first game. How (laughs) exciting is that?
2: Relax,
1: all I'm excited. <laughs> well, so when I was with the Raiders in Oakland, because at that time, they just moved from L.A. Uh, they went to Oakland. Well, John Gruden was the head coach. So he wanted some young guys to uh, to get started. Like, he got started with the 49ers and stuff. We call them the piss boys. We hold a bucket while they can piss in. So, But I learned so much from him, and I learned so much from the staff. Willie Shaw was our defensive coordinator. I worked with the secondary, Willie Brown. I worked with the pressure team, worked with the defensive side. And, Every year, every year, like John Gruden gave me different tasks that I had to do, and you know everything I did for him, I made a copy of it. So I got, I, I, my wife it kills my wife because every time we move, we got freaking fifteen boxes of just of just uh, old videotape, VHS like tape. I, I did when I was with the Raiders and stuff. And you know, no one ever thought there'd be pro sports over there in Vegas because of the betting. But now they they've limited, they, um, they've loosened some of those uh, requirements and stuff. Now I mean, like you got a great head coach, you got a great organization. Um, you got an unbelievable stadium, and then you got a you got a great base. Like I mean, you got people that come from all over to come support the Raiders. And the raid like when the Raiders travel, like when I was with the Raiders, we'd go all over the Buffalo and We'd have more fans in the stands and crazy fighting and all that stuff. So I mean, be ready on game day. That Saturday, and Sunday, when you guys have those people coming in town, is the Raider Nation will take over. Yeah.
0: What's unfortunate right right now we're going to play without any fans uh so far. So we'll see how that all, all right. plays out, but the stadium is phenomenal. Uh of course the Rams they just uh debuted their brand new stadium over the weekend. It is nice, man. My my, my DJ friend DJ Mosky, he is the official DJ for the Los all Angeles right. Rams. He sent me some pictures. It is beautiful. Ballin. But we know our, our Raiders will not be outdone. No, no, not. no. Our stadium not, no. is
2: top notch. Snoop, baller. They spend $5 billion on that stadium in L.A. We spend $1.4 here. <laughs> well, well <laughs> think difference. about it now. You
1: got, you got two teams in the one in Vegas, right? So they split that up. Vegas, you're out there uh, by yeah. yourself. Well, you
2: got the only one. Well, high, high school. I mean, I'm sorry, UNLB. College, uh, UNLB, yeah. <laughs> college. You know, my boy,
1: the head coach is a good guy. He's going to get that thing turned around. He's a guy that came down from Oregon. I know him when he played at uh, uh, San Jose State, he was coaching at UC Davis. He does, he does a good job. He'll get those guys going, the guys high fine offense he knows how to throw the ball around which is what you guys are about you're
2: about entertainment. he will entertain the crowd hey coach uh I, I don't want to be the uh Debbie downer here but the Raiders need you so come back because they need my it's it's of my opinion that they're gonna do all right on offense but they're gonna get smashed on defense they need.
1: To come <laughs> back. Oh man! Hey, I'll, if 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 Gruden wants me back, I'm willing to go. My wife ready to get back to the West Coast. She a California girl, anyways. The then I'll be around family. We we'll ready to rock and roll, All right?
2: Nope. Hey, she got a sister law here, so come on, wife. <laughs> so let's
0: talk about the first week of the NFL. Of course, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they Whoa. got an official win, uh, 34 to 30. Everyone was super excited about that. Hopefully it is a, a great sign that the Raiders are going to actually turn the corner and actually have a winning season. Uh, that guy, Josh Jacobs, he is a beast.
1: He is. i tell you what now. It, it, um, <clears throat> so the first week, you know, you got the, you got all the games going everywhere to go. All the little sports bars and tiki bars are all filled with, and you got all the TVs going around, NFL Network. And you got the, uh, what was that the ticket? So you get the chance to watch all the different games. Man, it's just—it's just—I'm just so excited to have football back at every level because you know some states the high schools are playing. Um, I know a lot of the junior colleges are shut down all throughout the nation, but you got college ball going on that's been going on for two weeks. You got the NFL back on, on Thursday night. You got a chance to see it. You got two games on Monday night. Like it, it's, let's let's go. I mean let's let's play. Let's get entertained. Uh, let's entertain the nation with, with with football, which is now our national sport.
2: Yeah. Now I wanna ask you, I wanna ask you, Coach, with uh number 45 trying to downplay the uh police brutality, kneeling. Um yeah, what, is, yeah. what are your thoughts about how they're trying to change the narrative on that?
1: That that's exactly what they're doing. Um it started with Colin Kaepernick, who's one of my frat brothers, Kappa Man. So it's it's just one of those things like um we're here in America. We're fight, we fought for our freedom. Like we have the right to protest. That's what America America started on protest when they went against British. So I don't understand now because it's not what they want. They want to try to say you can't do it. Well, that's that's not how America is going to. That's not what we that, and you talk to any servicemen. They fought so that you have the freedom to protest. You got the freedom for your rights. That's what we fight for. That's why we're here in America. Other than wearing a mask, you got freedom to do anything you want to do, as long as you're not impeding yeah. on anyone else.
2: Yeah, as long as it's not violent, and then it's as not, long as it's not
1: it's violent, right? Don't show. be rolling, don't be stealing. Like, get yourself a job, pay for your stuff. Like, I I don't agree with that. And then, like, the Black Lives Matter stuff. I I you know I go through these different battles all the time. Like, I'm not talking about the organization. I'm talking about my black ass. It matters. My sons, it yeah. matters. I'm not talking about the organization. They that they try to change the narrative bit. Oh, Black Lives Matter organization. It's just I'm not talking about the organization. I'm talking about me, my black, but my sisters, my my sons. Like, we matter. So, yeah.
0: It's funny that you guys talk about that because, of course, Chicago Bears Hall of Famer, uh, Mike Dicka, he came out and he said, uh, he told players, get the hell out of this country. If you want to protest and uh, you want to kneel, get the hell out of this country. Really? We're talking about a Hall of Fame coach yeah, who's but- telling Americans to get the hell out of this country because they want to stand up for something that they believe in? That's sickening.
1: Just, and, just remember and, this. Just because you have an education doesn't mean you can't be an idiot. True facts. Yeah. Like and, and like, so this is like if you don't know that um, what America was truly founded on and what what the principles of America is about like it's about being able to protest, it's about being able to to freedom of speech. I mean, that's one of the first first uh, couple of amendments, you uh, know, in in it. So, like and then remember, he was a head coach of the Chicago Bears. And there was a whole lot of black folks that he, that he stood on their backs to win that championship. So, like, you're like, come on, man. Like it, we we all, all lives do matter. Right now we're talking about the Black Life Matter movement because we, we we matter. And there's so many things that we have done as a people that have better this country. And we just want to be now acknowledged for and have an opportunity to be treated equal. It's crazy. We're just asking for equality and everyone's up in arms. Look, look, look at
0: this. Look at this here. You might want to take that off now, Kev. so let's talk about the city of los angeles uh the la sheriff uh the city of las vegas something uh, city of los angeles my apologies something very tragic happened over the weekend uh some some officers uh, were shot of course we never want to to support you know senseless killings and senseless shootings but the la county sheriff has come out and said that he wants lebron james to step up to the plate and match their $175,000 reward to have someone come forward to say who did the shooting.
1: Really? I agree with him. Really? This is why I agree with him. Because when when it was on the other foot, um, LeBron stepped up and donated money and and all that type of stuff for the other side. Well, this is a senseless kill. They try to kill these cops sitting in the car. So, like if, if you're gonna do it on one side, why would you do it on the other side? Like, I mean, I know I know you. I know you don't stand for someone coming up ambushing the cops sitting in the car. You don't you don't you don't you don't stand for that, do you? I'm so right. that's the sense of killing. We want to catch the people who try to kill the police who are trying to protect us.
2: Am I right? Yeah. That's how I feel. So like now, LeBron should I up, in my opinion. I agree too, but I agree too. But it's LeBron's choice to say, I want to give. It's not the police chief's choice to tell me. That's the only uh, thing I have. The
1: only problem I have. With I, I, I got it too, but I you can ask.
0: And he, and he's kind of demanding. He he's kind of demanding, and it's a difference. Le, LeBron James has been very outspoken in regards to support of police brutality. Of course, we we don't never uh, against uh, African American men and women. Of course, we we don't never want to to support. You know, senseless killings, but to demand that he steps up to the plate, when again, we've been fighting all season long for our, our voices to be heard in regards to what we stand for, in regards to what we want, equality, now that the shoe is on the other foot, and, and it's affected you and your hometown, and it's affected your seat at the table now, you want to call on us when we've been asking, crying out for you to hear, hear our points here side of you for years, all year long, and you still, it's been on deaf ears?
1: Ah. So, so- let me ask you this: If LeBron does that, do you think he get a seat at the table?
2: Not at all. Good question. Good uh, question.
1: I, I don't know, but if he steps up and like, "Hey, this is senseless. I'm going to match what you guys do. We need to find the people who did this to this to these cops who are here to protect and, protect and serve." Do you think now? Do you think they listen to him a little more?
0: we know money talks. Uh, I mean we know money talks Absolutely.
1: and, and <laughs> we know money or talks. Does that. What, what are they gonna say on Fox Sports? They're gonna tell them to shut up and dribble, or they're like, Hey, this yes, guy that's steps exactly. up to, 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 that's to, exactly to what they think of him. Shut up and dribble. Exactly. That. But now if he's if he steps up and be like, hey, I'm gonna you're right, I'm gonna match this. We're gonna find a person who did this and uh, this this senseless killing. That's just me. It, he
0: I, he says he re- he released a statement and uh He says if LeBron LeBron James does match, it'll bring the total to $350,000. He released a statement saying he wants LeBron to match it because he knows LeBron uh, cares about law enforcement. And he says LeBron has expressed a very interesting statement on race relations and officer-involved shootings and the impact it has had on Black communities. He says that the respect for all lives, including professions, races, and uh, civil matters, matter so LeBron should step up but out of all people in the city of Los Angeles why LeBron we know he He's has the, of money. the money
1: because of, of what he stood up for I mean he, who's yeah. the most powerful man right now in sports who has LeBron. the biggest voice who has the biggest impact LeBron they asked Akreema Dujabar to help out they asked uh, 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 the boxer uh, Cassius Clay who turned to be Muhammad Ali they they ask Jim Brown. They ask Jim Brown all the time to step up and help out in different functions. So what if this guy is the most powerful guy? He has the biggest voice. Why wouldn't you ask the most the guy who has the most power, the most influence?
2: Yeah, and and for LeBron, it wouldn't be basketball right now. LeBron's saying in us play.
1: Exactly right.
2: Another topic I want to talk about. Uh, I don't know
1: if
0: you guys heard this story earlier, but WNBA All Star and uh, former MVP Maya Moore. Uh, yeah, she's yeah, of yeah. course she's, she's been new, sitting. Yeah, got she got move. A new move. Of course, she uh she set out the last two WNBA seasons because she's been working very diligently uh on the release of Jonathan's Irons, uh who she uh actually seen it all come to fruition in July. He was actually released. Of course, he has been serving 23 years behind bars for a robbery and assault case that he did not commit. And uh, they saw justice in July. He was released and she was there to meet him as he uh, walked out as a free man. Uh, New details emerged today that uh, they have officially gotten married. (laughs) <laughs> surprising to all of us. Uh, they tied the knots. They got married. He proposed to her. Uh, sources say that he proposed to her earlier in the year while he was still incarcerated. Uh, right. But he wanted her to wait on the answer to answer him because he didn't want her to feel like she was trapped. She, He wanted her to know that if things turned uh, bad, if she wanted to get out, that she could. A lot of people are actually questioning, you know, Maya Moore's action to say, you know, did you really do it because you want to see innocent people released from prison or was this a personal gain of yours because this is your boo? They say that, you know, they've known each other for 13 years. At the time, Maya Moore was 18 years old. They met when she was doing a prison reform uh, program when he was in jail. She heard about his case and she wanted to involve herself in it. she wanted to see him released. If it was for personal gain, uh should she be punished from the WNBA at all?
1: Punished for, punished for love? What are what are you talking? Like what are we talking about here? So, first of all, the guy was wrongly accused. Am I correct in saying that? Absolutely. So, she, here she's trying to help someone who's wrongly accused get out of jail, which they did. Uh they got a they have a relationship. Um she helped she, Kim Kardashian does the same thing. I mean, and you know, she doesn't marry the guy, but I mean, not that her guy's not crazy, but um, but she, like <laughs> she helped the guy who was wrongly accused get exonerated, get out of jail, and and, and they're in love. Like, I, what? I mean, I, I hope if I get wrongly accused, that my wife would stand by me, help me get out, and then we get back together. I'd love to have that happen. I, I mean, I, I think that's tremendous. That you know, love is in a lot of different ways. You never know where it's going to come from. And the fact that she was able to help her boo get out and they got married—that's awesome. I. Uh- It's
0: just so many people are questioning and she owes no explanation to, to me, to you, to, to the WNBA. She owns, she, she doesn't have to explain her actions. I just, I think people are picking on her, you know, because, uh, they're saying she should have waited, you know, he's been in jail for X amount of time. But I mean, if it's true love and, you know, obviously, you know, he's going to be loyal to some sort love is love and I'm all for it.
1: So, uh, like well, they've been they've been together for I just listened to a report. Like you said back then, but I know they've been working together for about three years to try to get them out. So um they forced her she she retired from her profession to help dedicate all that time to the prison reform and help him get out. So you know, I'm pretty sure they they've had a, they've been doing this for a while. So they're good?
2: <laughs> they good. They good already had a house a jailhouse.
0: (laughs) You're so wrong, Kev. You are so wrong. So let's
2: talk about basketball.
0: Of course, the big playoffs yesterday, the game seven. I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but uh, Kawhi Leonard, they are dragging him on social media between him and Paul George. You you know, the social media, they play no games. I I, I saw a post yesterday that says, Trash bros. I, I mean, they had a great tribute to Kobe Bryant. They they combined for 24 points apiece. I, I mean, down up three-one, and they allow the Denver Nuggets to come back. Oh my gosh,
1: choked. Choke. Man, all I saw was Reggie Miller running down the court. Like, I mean, you're up three-one. You're supposed to have the one of the best players, and then uh and Kawhi. He's supposed to close that thing out. And they and they were up the two of the game. They were up by uh, 15 or 20 points. Like, they didn't close it out. They look, they looked tired. They looked defeated. And then if you look at the, that that last quarter, I sat there and watched it. And Paul George still Aaron. on up the like, spots. Like they they deserve to be going home. They, awesome.
0: they actually said some of the reports said that they were actually uh in the fourth quarter, they were like asking for timeouts. They were they were tired, uh, they didn't have any legs, and that's exactly how they looked.
2: That's exactly yeah. how they look. They deserve Ballet to go. Baller, in three games in the fourth quarter, Karate Leonard had zero points in all three games that they lost. All three games. You, you, that's that's the time he has to step up.
1: He, right. got he had zero more turnovers than points. In
2: three games. And not only that, he, he threw that low <coughs> management crap, and that's why he was so out of breath, because he couldn't low manage. He couldn't <laughs> sit down because they For were it. losing, and he had to keep playing. So maybe that low management crap ain't really working unless you got time to sit down. And then they happening. So I mean, and, and I took the Clippers to go all the way.
0: I'm sure you and a lot of other people actually did. They said that you know, in order to win the championship, it had to go through the city of uh LA, which yes, you're, you're absolutely correct, but it's going to go through Los Angeles. The Lakers is not going to come from the Clippers.
2: No, I think I told you about this, Ball. It's the organization. Remember, I told you, if the organization is a good organization, they find ways to win. When they crap organizations, they find ways to lose. And the Clippers, over the years, has been crap. And, mm-hmm. and I I'm, and must, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go one further. I think it's time for Coach Doc Rivers to step aside, not get fired, but step aside and let Come somebody. On, what what other role would he take? He could be the general manager. He he's he stuck with the Clippers. Remember when they were going through the uh, the prejudice thing when the, the owner was uh, yep, you the know owner, the prejudice. He he hung in there, so he could just be the general manager like Kiki Vandway or you know John Elway or something. Just step aside and let Tyrone Lu one of the young guys come in and and coach these kids. Interesting. I'm
1: not mad at you. That's that's not a bad point.
0: So, Lakers and uh, the Nuggets, game one pops off, I believe, on Friday. A lot of people are calling Lakers in five. Uh, Earlier today, NBA All-Star first team was announced. LeBron James and Anthony Davis uh, both were uh, crowned uh, NBA All-First team. Of course, I think well-deserved. James Harden, he was also on that list, which I'm not feeling. I would have put uh, Dame Lillard on the list over James Harden. That's just my own personal opinion. But do we think L.A. is going to uh, do we think Denver is going to be any competition with L.A. or is L.A. really going to take it in five? Do we think that Mr. Jamal Murray, who I love, I've become a huge fan of Jamal Murray, do the Denver Nuggets have what it takes to to defeat the Los Angeles Lakers?
1: The question, my question is, can they stay hot like they've been staying hot? They've been shooting the heck out the ball. Yes, I mean, stay they they the good thing is they got that big guy in the middle who was really the difference maker. He had as many points as a as, uh, as uh, Ka- Kawhi did. So they, they can match up size for size with uh in my opinion with the Lakers. But the big question is are they gonna be able to shoot the ball like they've been able to shoot the ball over the last series? So I mean they're hot now. Are they gonna stay hot or they're gonna cool off?
2: Yeah. What what I've noticed, what I've noticed about the NBA this year, these young boys, they're not scared. They go out there and they play. They run these Absolutely. old men. They run these old men so their tongue is hanging out their mouth. They are not scared. So anything can happen, just like Denver did to the uh, the Clippers over this last series. They said, "Come on, let's play. We just want to play, and they're having fun. And they playing. The they are having fun. So In the other that series, series that uh, bubble. That
0: bubble, they they said they're not gonna have they bubble busted. The Eastern Conference uh, Finals, we have the Heat and the Celtics. Uh the man, heat Miami. Look at you. I don't know, Right down the street. I knew that was coming. Uh, Miami, they take a 1-0 lead, and uh, I, I I like Miami. I do like Jason Tatum, but I I like Miami. They are rolling. They are playing hard basketball. I I like Miami to actually pull out that series.
1: And so, you know, of course, I'm a hometown bias. I grew up down there when they had Ronnie Cycling, all those guys, uh, Pearl Washington. But this is the thing like, I, I I, really, really like it because now your boy Buck, he's really like he, all those different teams, all the different bad attitudes, everything they said about him. He has a chance to right or wrong and shut all their mouths and, and get a chance to play for a championship. I'm so excited for that guy.
2: So, uh, uh, Dr. Payre in the locker room, tomorrow we'll talk about this, he thinks it's going to be the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Boston Celtics. Old school Lakers-Celtics. Larry Bird, uh, Magic Johnson, and that's what he thinks that NBA needs this year to kind of like say goodbye to Kobe, to kind of like bring, you know, more interest in the game. So that's what Dr. Payre thinks. He thinks it's going to be Boston – in LA?
1: I think a lot of people think that, but I'm in Miami. I want to be Miami and, and actually, I want to be Miami and LA. I, I wouldn't mind if Denver wanted because they, how how well they're shooting. And I think Miami matches up better against Denver than they do against Lakers. So <laughs>
2: that's what I want.
0: Also, speaking of LA, Kev uh, switching over to baseball, the Dodgers, they officially clinch a, a spot in playoffs for the eighth straight year. So kudos going out to them. I just hope they don't choke
2: again this year. Uh, it's something about LA that they've been choking for the last few years. <laughs> Especially the Dodgers and the Clippers. Choke City is what it should be called. Choke City. Also, my Chicago White Sox win tonight. They clinch. You got you got to have the Lake. I mean, the Dodgers and the White Sox, which I believe they'll win tonight or tomorrow night or tomorrow at eleven when they play. And you got to have two teams already clinched the playoff spots in Major League Baseball.
0: Some of these baseball scores have been like football scores. I I mean, yesterday, the score for the Cardinals and the Brewers was like 18 to 3. I know the Yankees, the the game before that, was like 20 to 6. I'm like, what is going on with these scores? They are putting bats to balls for sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think the chicks love the long ball, and that's just it. (laughs) So the, the baseball, they also announced today
0: that they're for their playoffs, they're going to go to a uh, major league bubble style, which, of course, we know has been working out. Uh, no positive test this week in the NFL. Uh, the NBA, they have not had a positive test as well. So uh, that may be the solution for baseball. You, no traveling. Um, that may work out. I think every professional sport needs to go to some type of bubble style uh, neutral site.
1: Well, yeah, uh, easy to that, but how are you going to tell a grown man he can't go be with his family? Football, I mean, I mean that basketball thing. Remember, that was a short, that was a short window. Now you're talking, 40 about a grown man can't go go home to see his wife and kids and all that type of stuff. Like, I don't know about that, baller <laughs> hey, hey, They'll is- they'll
2: be, they they be sticking paid, in the test, lady. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wasn't that coach, crazy?
2: want to get serious. paid, don't they? <laughs> them it's, grown men want to get paid. Then wives listen, want them grown men to get paid. That, that they do, absolutely,
1: <laughs> absolutely. They want the stretch rolling in.
0: Yeah, don't have. Listen, don't don't you have no COVID testers coming in your room? Because listen, I'm gonna come down there with my own two cents, and I'm gonna beat you down. That was so
2: silly. Wow. I mean,
0: you know, you got a wife and kids at home. Everything you do is under a microscope. Everything. I mean, that was. That was not smart at all.
1: But he was a young guy. He, he's not married, right? Not the one that yes, he's died.
0: married. Yes, he is married. Yeah, he was
1: married. Yeah. He was married. He was married. Yeah, he was. He' messing up. He was
2: no, married. He still married. He's still married. Them young girls like that. He just brought a little side piece in. She'll be all right. You know
0: what? I'm not. I'm not with
2: either of you.
0: (laughs) So WNBA action, the WNBA playoffs, they are in high power right now. I don't know if you've seen the game last night. Uh, The Phoenix Mercury and the Washington Mystics, uh, the Phoenix Mercury, they advanced on a buzzer beater three-pointer from Mm. Shape. Petty. Interesting story she has. Uh, she was bought into the bubble to play for the Washington Mystics. Um, they actually end up cutting her. The Phoenix Mercury picked her up wow. and she hit the game-winning three-pointer last wow. night to eliminate the Washington Mystics. So that is exciting. I'm telling you, Diana, Diana Tarasi Taur- Diana and uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith, they are having a phenomenal season. At 38 years old, Diana Tarasi is still wow. having a phenomenal career. She's still hooping. Beautiful. And not okay. only that,
1: I remember she was back at uh, at Notre Dame.
0: Yes, but yes. Her two
1: million, you know, two followers on Instagram. She
0: she set out last season. Of course, she gave she had a, a, a child okay. set out last season that they're, they're having a great success without Brittany Griner, who many thought was going to be the league's MVP. She has left the WNBA bubble uh, for personal reasons, she's not going to return to the WNBA bubble that can hurt them down the line, but it was an exciting game for them. Uh, the other game last night, I believe the Connecticut sun, they eliminated the Chicago sky. Dewana mm-hmm. Bonner. She's having a phenomenal season, her first year uh, with the Connecticut sun. And she has them rolling. She's averaging like 20 points per game. She's having great success. Um, Our Las Vegas Aces, no one thought that they would be the top team. Uh, Surprised a lot of people, including head coach Bill Lambeer. The Las Vegas Aces, they won on – got a win on Sunday. Uh, Saturday, they beat the Los Angeles Sparks. No one saw that coming. Back-to-back games on Sunday, they beat the top team, the Seattle Storm, to take the number one spot in the WNBA. Uh, Shouts out to Asia Wilson. She – was named uh, Player of the Month for the second month in a row. Also, our head coach, Bill Lambeer. He was also named Head Coach of the Month as well. So our Las Vegas Aces, they are rolling. They'll be back in action on Saturday. They'll take on the winner between, I believe, Los Angeles and Connecticut, I believe. So exciting times. A lot of sports happening here in Las Vegas. Yep. I appreciate you all for hanging out with me. I know we're a bit over our time, but my bro, Coach DJ McCarthy, has been exciting to have you. I know it's late back there in Florida, so I appreciate you for taking the time to hang out inside. No plays off sports talk. Uh, tell the little nephews and the wife I said hello. Much success to no. you. Make sure you continue to wear that mask, wash your hands, social distancing. I hope you all, ha- thank you, put that mask on. I certainly hope... Uh, Florida International University will have some success this year, football wise. And uh of course I'm rooting for you all.
1: I appreciate that. Well, tell tell the brothers and sisters out there I say hello and hopefully get this COVID thing out and I can bring the family out. And we can uh, we can have that, that family reunion that our dad always wanted. All 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 18 of us.
0: All <laughs> people don't believe me when I tell people that that our dad had 18 kids. I'm like, no, it's not a joke. We're not timesing, we're not, it's true. That we know of. <laughs> that is exactly <definitely> that we know <laughs> of. <laughs> of. course, make sure you stay connected with uh, No Plays Off. You can follow us on all social media platforms at No Plays Off. You can also uh, stream us live on Spotify. If you missed the show, make sure you like the page, share it to your friends, and of course, we'll catch you next Wednesday. We're gonna have a very special guest, none other than NBA superstar, or shall I say, ex NBA superstar, turn author now, Mr. CJ Watson. He's going to be joining us inside No Plays on Sports Talk. That's going to be next Wednesday at 6 p.m. I love you to life, bro, for absolutely free. Take care. We'll see you all next week.
1: Awesome. Thank you.